What's going on peeps? This is your host John, the Syrian kid whose diaries you love and enjoy every single night. I wanna I wanna talk about something, but I wanna make sure that I'm not saying things that I'm not supposed to say. Um, it's about the hospital. Uh, I'm in medical school, as you know, and at when you work at the hospital as a medical student, you sign this thing that everyone who is at the hospital has to sign. It's called something along the lines of like HIPAA compliance. Meaning the gist of it is the information you hear at the hospital about patients can you cannot like you can't just you can't give that information to anybody no matter who it is even if it's a patient's family members unless there are certain circumstances where someone is like legally appointed to like take care of the patient or the the information you share with someone else you need to do because that other person's involved in the person's in the like the patient's you know care and whatnot <clears throat> so there are a lot so there are some circumstances where you can but generally speaking you can't really share willy-nilly with anybody um and like the big example that they that we hear is you're in an elevator and um, you need to say something to someone who you work with about a patient so you can talk to them you this is this is person this is a person who is allowed to hear this information but you need to be careful because not everyone else in the elevator can hear so you actually have to save your conversation for until you guys are out and not around that many people um, But it seems to be that that example comes up a lot because I think people slip up and you know talk about patients on elevators. Um, the the circumstance that I want to describe, it's I had a patient who I developed a I like got to see a couple of times, you know, like. I've had them for for like a week, uh, so I got to see them a couple of times, and we you know we built a we built a, you know a, like a good bond, um, and they 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 were really fun to like they were funny, they were older but they were funny and like they they were going through a lot but like they were still they were funny and had a good sense of humor and good perspective, really nice. Um, uh, I just had like interesting stories to share so we chatted a lot and uh, you know the days went by and the patient had a surgery after the surgery the patient became delirious um, and the delirious lasted a couple of days and I remember speaking to the patient on like you know a couple of days after the procedure and the patient had like it's just a it's just really weird because you like I, I I wanted to speak to them the same way I was speaking to them you know when I first met them like to crack jokes and um and you know chit chat and whatnot but I I just couldn't do it the like the patient's 
I mean, like clinically, they were delirious. They were, they were, they had altered mental status. They were mildly a- agitated, um, which means they were like hyperactive and like, you know, for lack of a better word, like just pissed off and like they just felt like they, 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 they're like you know trying to go home and you know all that stuff. So it was really hard, and you know. That was really my first interaction with someone who was delirious, who I knew previously, and I knew what they were like, you know, at their baseline. Um, and it's a scary thing, and like it, it makes me really feel for the families of those patients that developed del- delirium at the hospital. Like those family members must be like terrified, because the patient might like when they try to speak to the patient and they. You know, one day they're normal and they're, you know, chit-chatting with them. Like, you know, it's the mother or the father or the sibling or the, you know, whatever it is of the, of, of, of this family. And then the next day, the, you know, you try to speak to them and they, they like, like, they, they look, they, first of all, they, they, they don't make that, they, they don't make a lot of eye contact or way less than before. And you feel like there's something going on in their head that like you can't like you you can't really like catch what they're thinking about um, almost and they seem to be very fixated on what's in their head um, and you try to like com- converse with them but and you might get a response but and you might get like a, a response that like that's normal but then the next question you ask them you know it's back to like something that just doesn't make sense um, and it's very it's very it was it was very hard for me and i i just met the patient like a few days ago so i just can't even imagine what it's like for the families who of these patients who you know especially if it's their first time if it's the patient's first time going through something like that and the family kind of just having to you know having like and also the family is not educated probably is not educated on what delirium is and what the what brings it on and like you know how you deal with it and stuff so like they might just be you know freaking out thinking that their 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 loved one is going to be like that forever or that you know it's something that you know we did as you know doctors and and healthcare workers to the patient or it's you know that i don't know you know like like there's so many things that could be going on in their in their head and completely understand all of that because if i didn't know what the patient like what that this patient was you know going through hyperactive post-operative delirium with agitation you know if i didn't know all that and i didn't know that you know we gave the patient like olanzapine um if i didn't know all of that i i would freak out too if i walked in to see you know if i if i walk down the street and or like go to talk to my you know my my mom and one day she's like fine like it's my mom and whatever and the next day i go talk to her and she like you know looks at me but like not really and like she's freaking out and like she wants to like it's like she's itching like to leave whatever place she's at and like you know talking stuff that doesn't make any sense like i would you know i would freak out (laughs) understandably so i have a good reason to freak out so it was just a really eye-opening experience and made me just like feel a lot for not only the patient and like just like like I really do wonder how it made me wonder how patients with delirium are feeling 
in that moment like do they do they really like if if someone if i knew someone was not delirious and like they were generally upset about something then i would know how they feel right they feel upset they feel angry they feel they feel you know betrayed they feel whatever it is that they're feeling you know but do does the patient and, and the patient with delirium shows a lot of emotion shows a lot of um, affect that's the you know that that they don't usually show at baseline especially when it's like an agitated hyperactive type of, type of delirium so i wonder like do they feel all of that do they do they generally like feel it the same the, the same way a person who's not delirium delirious feels what this person is portraying because if they do and and i think we treat them as if they do be, and but I, I I don't know how much we generally like how much we keep that how much we think about that and how much we reflect like if you, if you if in, in terms of like putting ourselves in their shoes because if you were to go through all those emotions you would feel horrible like it would like but it just doesn't feel that way when we're in a hospital and we're healthcare workers and we like we see someone who's delirious we're kind of separated from the person by this diagnosis of delirium you know we feel like we're treating the delirium but we're not really looking at the patient as a human being who's feeling all these emotions who's going through like a tough period um and i don't know if that we can do that which is the hard which is the hardest thing to actually grasp and understand is that i don't know if we can actually do that i don't know if we can sit there and try to read and like listen and feel for this person and, and understand and help because there's actually something going on with their you know with their chemistry with their with their with their biology that's that's different it's not it's not it's not a normal human reaction to you know a stimulus it's it's an abnormal reaction and i don't know that we can actually like help the way i would hope that we all want to help them um so yeah it was just a weird experience and uh, definitely eye-opening. Um, I really hope no one has to go through that because it looks it looks horrible. You know, it looks like the patient, you know, just not having a good time. You know, not at all. Yeah, I'll keep I'll 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 uh, I'll cap it here today. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I love you, and I'm really grateful for all of you. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, I'll catch you all tomorrow. Until then, just keep grinding. You know, just keep grinding.